Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president as well as a member of our pod squad. I'm Christina Eanes, the vice president of marketing and communications. We also have Helena Hodges, vice president of finance and operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing Richard Zhang and Dow Professor in Business at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, UTC, award-winning member of the UTC Council of Scholars and researcher of training transfer, management education, and workplace abuse, Dr. Lisa Burke-Smalley. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation. Yes, and before we jump into our topic of accountability for learning, would you please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Sure. So as you mentioned, I live in Chattanooga. I am a full professor at my university. I teach undergraduates, MBAs, executives, as well as a host of continuing education programs mainly in the area of human resource management in the School of Business. And so I'm originally from Indiana. I've been here in Chattanooga. I think this is my 15th year. And so I've worked at various universities. And before that, I was in the pharmaceutical industry. I started out in finance and accounting and moved over into the training and development function for finance in accounting, and then did a little time in HR before going back for my PhD. That's just a little bit about me. Is there anything else you'd like to know? Well, that's quite interesting. I think that does it for this portion. Um, Let's go ahead and tap into your expertise. Could you please share with us your definition of accountability and what role does it play in knowledge transfer? So I I think there are three main components of accountability for training transfer. The first is we need to have high role clarity for all stakeholders. We'll kind of define who those stakeholders are in a moment, I'm sure, but they need to be clear on what their role is for enhancing training transfer. Secondly, we need to have high ownership perceptions for transfer. So Um, The stakeholders need to feel like they're responsible for transfer because we invest so much in training and development. So we want that return on investment. Thirdly, we want all of the stakeholders involved to have a high perception of control. And so we want all of the stakeholders to feel like whatever they are potentially being held accountable for they actually have control over that behavior or task or element of performance. So those are the three elements of accountability. As I mentioned, it's important for transfer because we invest so much globally in these interventions. And unfortunately, the estimates of transfer are pretty low. 
And so the return on investment, always looking to bolster that to the extent that we can. Wow. Uh, When you talk about perception of control, I know this is very relatable to a lot of our listeners. Now, Lisa, as you mentioned, we have multiple stakeholders in talent development, from learners to trainers to instructional designers, SMEs, managers, and the list goes on. And oftentimes, they all point fingers at one another when it comes to taking ownership of knowledge transfer, especially when training doesn't seem to offer significant training, I'm sorry, significant return on investment, as you mentioned. So can you share with us what role does each group play and who is ultimately responsible for learning to happen? So I think... As with most things in organizations, the top leadership is ultimately responsible. I hope that some of the listeners here are at leadership levels so that they can learn more about this issue and actually request some of these things or get involved with or work alongside the trainers and supervisors and trainees so that these things happen. But That's who I think is ultimately responsible. I think that the most directly involved with transfer in terms of learning interventions, you know, are trainees, trainers. I kind of put trainers and ISD and IST together, instructional systems, design, development, and um, technology together. And then the supervisor, first-line supervisor, plays a very critical role. And then someone you didn't mention or a cohort that there's a lot of um, support in the literature that is important are the role of the peers of the person who is going through a training intervention. So I really think that there are things each of these stakeholders can do before, during, and after interventions to enhance transfer. I'm happy to address any of those particular stakeholders that you think you're most interested in. Yes. I wanted to hear a little bit about the peers. Can you give us some um, maybe best practices or what's your definition of their actual role? So I'm thinking of peers. There are peers alongside the trainee in the program, right? But there are also peers back in the workplace, in your department, for example, in the organization, who are also very important. So I think for both of those, um, in in terms of your peers alongside you in the training program, having that kind of peer sharing and discussion of, you know, these are the ideas that I'm taking away. What are you taking away for your department? How are you going to best utilize what we've taken here today? That's really important. So that kind of peer interaction during training is critical to design in as a trainer, ISD, IST kind of expert. Design in those kinds of sharing experiences and time and have them share their transfer action plans Uh at the end of the program, for example, with one another so that they can see what each 
of their peers in that training program are taking away and it might help feed their ideas of what they can take away. In terms of peers back in your department, I'm talking about the trainees department they're coming from. I would say it's important that they share positive experiences if they've already undergone or experienced that training. Sometimes I felt in the corporate world that when some of my departmental peers had already attended a specific type of training, they kind of were too cool for school or wanted to act like, you know, they already knew all of these things going in, didn't really take away much. And I would encourage them to be positive and say, hey, look out, this is the element that I think you'll get the most of and be positive about what that perspective trainee can take away from the major program. And then once that trainee experiences the the intervention, they can debrief with them, well, what are you bringing back to our department? What do you think in our department needs to change or improve or maybe even stay the same in terms of what you took away? So I think that peers they definitely in the research literature have gotten um, their coverage a little bit in the more contemporary transfer literature compared to the prototypical role of trainer, trainee, and supervisor. Wow, that makes complete sense. And it's very interesting to consider the peers as part of this accountability system. You also mentioned leadership, and we know that they have a big impact on key decisions. Many organizations understand the importance of accountability, yet very few have been able to move on setting up effective accountability systems. So in your opinion, what do you think is stopping them and what could be done to overcome these barriers? So I think the barriers probably are different for different organizations. Okay. So, you know, I was very fortunate to work for an organization, a company that valued people development, valued training, valued employee and career planning. And so all of our, we didn't really have a lot of barriers. We were expected to measure transfer, to design for transfer, to get stakeholders involved. I'm not sure that all uh, training departments feel that way. In fact, some barriers might be the trainers don't really emphasize transfer because no one in their leadership team is asking them to. And so I'm a big believer in what gets measured gets done and what gets rewarded gets done. And so if your leaders aren't asking you as the trainer to kind of oversee this and design for it and measure it and and coordinate all of the stakeholders to ensure that transfer is happening, then it it may not happen. And so that's that's a barrier. And and let's also just recognize that there, there probably are still people in positions that maybe don't have the expertise on all of those elements of design or specifically evaluation. So um, that's, that's what I think on, on that particular component. Okay. Now, would you share with our listeners some actionable tips or best practices that talent development professionals can follow to help cultivate accountability for all stakeholders in their workplaces? 
Sure. So I think that trainers can, first of all, acknowledge that the firm has expectations of trainers and the training component for transfer. And they need to clarify expectations for trainees and supervisors before interventions. I think that some simple things they can do, this is kind of from my own corporate experience, my boss would always require a follow-up report after any intervention. Sometimes it was to the entire department, sometimes it was verbal, sometimes it was written on what I learned and the documented outcomes that I was um, looking to implement. And then that design piece is critical. So designing for transfer, you know, before the intervention, design for pushing certain information out after the intervention. I think sometimes as trainers, we kind of fall down on the job after interventions and feel like everything's over. Maybe there's a need for a booster session. Maybe there's a need for a digital learning aid or checklist. During the training, obviously, this is where trainers usually shine in designing active learning kinds of strategies, including practice, feedback, But they also might consider a signed transfer action plan. And some companies might want to call it a transfer agreement, maybe a transfer contract, probably depends on your culture and what kind of wording would go over and be acceptable. But where really the trainer, trainee, and immediate supervisor of the trainee um, sign an action plan. And that action plan can be pretty simple. Like I I use a very simple transfer tool with my executives called Start, Stop, Continue. And I tell them, your employers expect you to bring this learning back to your workplace. So as you go along in this training, what are you going to start doing differently in terms of best practices or behaviors? What are you going to stop doing because the research doesn't support it? And what are you going to continue doing? So start, stop, continue can be a simple kind of tool. And then after the training, I think trainers can, again, push those follow-ups, learning aids, checklists, whether it's by portals, intranets, digitally, and evaluate transfer. So there's a, a very simple transfer evaluation model called TOTEM, where basically you can assess transfer by asking the trainers, you know, before this course, were you able to do X? And you fill in the blank of X as the learning objective. So obviously we all have learning objectives for our intervention. Before the training, could you do X? Now that you've taken this training, can you do X? If so, how frequently are you using it and how are you using it? If not, why are you not using it? And and start getting some, you know, transfer data so that you can see just exactly kind of where you're at in terms of transfer and, and how trainees are, are using it or not. I also have other ideas for trainees and first-line supervisors, but Again, um, I'll let you move on to other questions if you have other burning questions as well. 
Yes, I do. And this is so valuable. I'm so glad we're able to talk to you today. You mentioned something that kind of stood out to me, which is culture. And not everyone has a culture of learning in their organization. And so how can some of those professionals become effective advocates for accountability for knowledge transfer when it is unfortunately not even a priority in some of those workplaces? So I'm kind of jumping ahead to one of the rapid fire questions, but I know you're going to ask me for um, a favorite (laughs) book, but I will say that um, that favorite book that I was going to recommend is on culture renovation. And it is by Kevin Oaks. I would encourage trainers to read that, or if you don't have time to read the book, watch the podcast interview with Brene Brown. And Kevin, I think it's important for trainers to realize that we are positioned within this very strong system of norms and values that trump many things that we are trying to do. And we have to realize that we're a part of that larger kind of holistic integrative system. And I think that really that resource can help your listeners quite a bit to see the role of training, you know, as more of a facilitator facilitator of kind of the bigger picture of all the levers that we pull in cultural um, renovation, such as staffing, performance management, employee relations, uh, the development piece instead of just the training piece, but how to really leverage the development piece as well. Wow, this is incredibly helpful. Uh, Before we move on to our next rapid fires questions, um, do you have any other go-to resources that you could recommend? Sure. So I would just uh, point out a couple things. So I know that there are probably some listeners that are more technical, ISD, IST, I mean, I think one resource or book that's always a good refresher is Alison Rossett's book on performance analysis, because what it does is it reminds us as trainers that training is not the only solution to every performance issue. And we really need to make sure that when we are asked to create a training program, that really a training program is going to help address the performance issue. Is there really a KSA gap, a knowledge skill ability gap that training would help fill? Or is this really more of a motivational issue? Is it a lack of resources, time? Is it poor modeling and coaching that's happening back on the job? So you can send me to training as much as you want, but my boss and peers aren't using it. They're not demonstrating these trained behaviors. So why would I? And I think that that book just reminds us that we ultimately, we want to be performance consultants in our organization so that we're trying to get to the root cause of performance issues in a, and really bring to bear the interventions needed Again, that might be uh, rewards-based, they might be staffing-based, they might be cultural, they might be leadership, they might be 
things happening there resource-wise or in the unit. And so that's what I would recommend. Nice. Incredibly practical. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yes. Yeah, it has been fascinating to learn so much today from you. I have, I have a whole page of notes now to go through as I start to learn more and start to think more about how to apply some of what you've been sharing. And fortunately, as you sort of suggested earlier, we do indeed have some rapid fire questions that we would love to ask you about as we start to wrap up this week's episode. Every question requires just about 60 seconds or so to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm ready. All right. And, you know, you've already teased what that first question is, and I'm going to ask it of you anyway, although I'm also going to expand it slightly. So the first question that we've got for you is give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. And you've actually given us a couple of books so far, and all of them, frankly, sound like they need to be on a must read list. Are there any others you'd like to incorporate or are there any other resources or websites or podcasts or articles that we might want to use to expand our knowledge? Yes. So (laughs) I will, I will definitely say on the culture piece, I mean, find that Brene Brown, Kevin Oaks podcast on culture renovation, because he goes through some of the highlights of his book of the main kind of points that he makes in the book. It's a pretty efficient way, I think, for a trainer to get those main points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of other go to resources, specifically on learning transfer or training transfer, certainly I would point to Fergal Connolly's LinkedIn profile. He is a learning transfer expert. Hmm. So I've actually done a podcast interview with him prior, and he has tons of resources, tons of leads that are on his uh, site on LinkedIn. And it's just awesome to go through. The other resource I would just point out very quickly, because these are very practical, is if you're not a user of Google Scholar, get on Google Scholar and set up an alert for your favorite authors. So not just, you know, somebody like me who publishes in this area, but others publish in this area, Alan Sachs, for example, um, or um, Rebecca Grossman and Michael Toos. I mean, the list goes on and on, but create an alert. And that way, when that person publishes something in the area, you'll be alerted and you'll know. Oh, wow. That's a new one for me. I'm really excited to explore that. And honestly, now I'm even more excited to ask you our next rapid fire question. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. So I already mentioned it, but it's the start, stop, continue Mm -hmm. transfer tool. It's simple. It's quick. It seems to land with executives graduate level uh, students really and trainees really well, because everybody, when they go into really think about a, a learning experience, I'm thinking, you know, what do I need to really stop doing because it's not effective for my organization based on the research? What should I really start doing differently? Because we, we don't have anything like that in our organization. 
But then pat yourself on the back for things you need to continue doing because you're doing a good job there and make note of that. And that's something I would probably take back in that follow-up report to my department uh, and share because it's this knowledge sharing in your area. So almost become a train the trainer. It's just assume for anything that you attend. Yeah, I love the connection back to that piece. And I think you're right. I've used that before in my own work and found it to be very, very effective, especially with leaders, with executives. You're right. I think it really resonates. It's a great tool to recommend. Good. All right. What is the best piece of talent development related advice you've ever been given? Basically, we all have a portable suitcase of skills. And we just need to make (laughs) sure that that portable suitcase of skills stays refined, cutting edge, full, that we are, whether we are moving around to different departments in our organization, working with different people on committees, task forces, groups, projects, maybe we go to a whole new organization. You know, it's all about that portable suitcase and what you're carrying along with you. And so have that kind of visual in mind and be thinking about how your portable suitcase is staying up to date and current. I really do love that visual, especially since we are not static beings. We are always moving around and growing and learning. And I I think that's just a fantastic visual. Oh, that is great advice. All right. What is one thing that you are excited about that's coming up in the next year? In the next year, I'm looking forward to a vacation. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good for you. Something that I have had some little getaways with my husband, but they've been a little close, a little outdoorsy, those kinds of things. So I'm looking forward to a real vacation. I am w- right there with you. I want to exercise my passport again. <laughs> I, I really I, miss that kind of thing. You are exactly right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Great. All right. Last question for you today. What is one thing within the talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? I'm really grateful that really in the last year or two, we've seen people in some really challenging times become innovators. And as a result, I've had access to more free, excellent webinars than ever on topics that I'm extremely interested in, probably wouldn't have been available to me for free. But by professional organizations, by, um, you know, academics, by scholars, by, you know, consultants who are really coming to the table and sharing a lot of knowledge in a way that's convenient and flexible and helps us all to stay on the cutting edge. That's wonderful. Yeah, it really has been about community in the last year and a half. And I got to say, of all of the things that we have taken over this you know, very surprising time in history, I think it's the community that's been a favorite of mine and certainly for the learning. That yeah. is a wonderful reflection. Thank awesome. you so much. Sure. Yes, Lisa, we are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdom with our listeners. Absolutely. I hope some things can be very practical. Having been a corporate trainer, even though it was years ago, 
I know that things need to be practical. I know people want research-based kinds of interventions and ideas. So hopefully people picked up a couple things today. Oh, I have no doubt. Absolutely. And thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah, Lisa, I absolutely agree with you. I think it is the practical information and ideas that you have provided and really challenged us to do something more with. That is my biggest takeaway today. Thank you so much for being here and for really inspiring us to think about this in a new way. Hey, thanks for having me. Agreed. This was very enjoyable. Many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you need help with a project? Not a problem. Check out our network of local talent development experts by visiting dcatd.org forward slash consultants directory. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today. Oh,